Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, and a little bit of a different show this week, obviously, because there's a lot going on in the world, not just the sporting world. This podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Today's topic is going to be NFL free agency with the guest on today's show, Ryan Souls. Ryan, uh, thanks for coming on. I know this is kind of crazy times in the world, but uh, we gotta do, we do have to talk some football. Nice to have you in on the show. Yeah, man, happy to be here. It is crazy times, but I'm glad we're talking some some sports that brings a little bit of normalcy, just a little bit. Yeah, it's it's tough. I know, and I want to get you know obviously out of the way here that you know the the coronavirus is a very scary situation where everything's basically shut down. We're not just talking sports, but all the establishments are shut down. People being uh, encouraged uh, to stay inside and, and quarantine themselves and practice social distancing. And, you know, it, it, it's taken some time to get used to for a lot of people. All I'm going to say, Ryan, is that I was young and stupid once before, not very, not, not too uh, far in the past. So I understand it taking some time to get through, but I think we're getting to a point where everyone's starting to understand the, the seriousness of it. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a little boring, but I think we can all just get through it. Yeah, definitely been a little boring, and people are, I agree with you, people are definitely starting to understand the, the severity, and I think now, with things being shut down, people really don't have a choice because we're running out of places to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and, I, and the last thing I know, look, trust both of us will attest to this, the last thing anybody young wants to hear is to be lectured to, but I think we're starting to get to a place now where uh, it's getting through to everybody. Uh, and yeah, just make the most of it. Uh, it's going to be boring. I know we both miss or miss the sports going on right now. There's nothing really active going on in the world. We hope that changes in a couple of weeks. But if not, uh, we found out this week we got NFL free agency to get us through. And honestly, Ryan, I, I know we're all kind of we all got cabin fever and we're looking at sports to give us anything to get us through the days. But even with that said, and try not to be prisoner of the moment, this is as good of a free agency as I've seen. Now, there is a lot of movement at the top, to say the least. Oh, I mean, this is as good of a free agency, at least at least that I can remember. Uh, we got the greatest quarterback of all time involved. We got somebody from the 04 draft. That's a legendary quarterback class. We got studs on defense studs on offense so no it's been it's been a crazy free agency i i would say one that rivals the the nba in recent years even yeah for sure and it all starts with uh with the goat the, the greatest quarterback of all time tom brady uh yesterday as we record this on wednesday tuesday morning the word that broke all the news was that he posted his instagram he posted his Instagram saying he was going to take his journey on, his football journey elsewhere. This was uh, after a meeting behind closed doors with the owner, Robert Kraft. He, him, along with Bill Belichick, posting some tribute letters to Brady, his career as a Patriot. And then the story starts to break that he's going to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Still not official, but all signs pointing toward that. So Brady on the Bucks is going to rival anything that Joe Montana, Joe Namath, Johnny Unitas, guys that played their legendary careers for one franchise and then had had uh, the final year stints with teams that just didn't look right jersey-wise in the record books. Brady on the Bucks is going to be <laughs> hard to beat. Ryan, I'm, I'm stunned that this is the end game because I thought there was a real possibility he would leave, but i got to be honest, I didn't really take Tampa Bay serious. No, I didn't either. I didn't. Tampa Bay was really towards the bottom of my list when it's all broken. Really, 
tracking this, if you want to say from when they lost to Tennessee in the playoff game or even beforehand, Tampa Bay really never came up in discussion. We figured that Tampa Bay was going to have a vacancy at quarterback, but I don't think anyone fathomed that it possibly could have been Tom Brady. Mm. So that was just shocking to see. I think as time went on, it was less shocking that uh, he left the Patriots. But I, I'll tell you this, Mitch, I'll be, I don't know how you felt. I'll be the first to admit, if you had asked me this right after the playoff game, if you had asked me this, uh, at the beginning of last season, I would have thought 100% that Tom Brady would be one of those guys that would have a, a Kobe Bryant, Reggie mm-hmm. Miller sort of finish. And the contrast, he's going to finish his career like Namath, like Unitas, uh, like Montana, like you said. Yeah, I, I mean, look, it's hard to maintain good relationships for 20 years in anything, let alone a sports mm-hmm. franchise. And there was stuff leaking out that Brady wasn't always happy, which we know can get smoothed over time and, and he could settle in and, and you know you make adjustments. But um, to be completely honest, this came down. I, I was dead wrong on him going to Tampa Bay. I didn't think that was going to happen either. I thought if he left, Ryan, it was going to come down to mostly money. And I honestly think that's what happened. Not that, again, Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft wouldn't have wanted him back, but Belichick specifically, Ryan, is not going to pay for past performance. And if you look at the rumored money that Brady's going to sign for in that $30 million range, Belichick didn't want to pay that, and that's, I think, what it came down to. I agree 100%. And I don't know if Bill Belichick necessarily didn't want to pay that sort of money. I don't know if he wanted to give that money to a 42-year-old. Yeah, that's that's hand-in-hand for sure. And regardless of who it is, being Tom Brady or not, I guess the cold beauty of the Patriots over the last 20 years is it doesn't matter who you've been. Bill Belichick has never been afraid to make these decisions all the way from Richard Seymour to Chandler Jones to Vincent Woolfork. Yeah, and, and and just to go off that, I know this is tough times. Obviously, no one has sympathy for the Patriots, but Belichick has been waiting for this moment. Like, honestly, is there, is there anybody else you'd rather have in this moment having to rebuild from scratch than him? You know it, it and obviously you want to contend every year, but behind closed doors, Belichick's probably enjoying the challenge that this is going to present. Oh, absolutely. And I think behind closed doors, he he's already probably – preparing himself for the narrative oh this is going to be the first year since the Matt Castle season the Patriots didn't make the playoffs and I think Bill's going to try to prove everybody wrong and try to make the playoffs next year so just seeing that in and of itself while they're in a transitory state uh, for quarterback I think Bill is still going to try to be uh, as competitive as possible and I wouldn't be shocked, especially, and maybe we'll talk about the CBA, but especially with this expansion, now if the Patriots were able to sneak in. Yeah, and I think the flip side of that, too, is what if it doesn't go well and Belichick's like, we're just going to bottom out and we'll look to the next year. I mean, everything's on the Mm -hmm. table for this rebuild. But you mentioned Belichick looking at the challenge and and hearing the the narrative that this is it, the first time without Brady. What do you have? It's a two-way street, right? Because this is Brady in his 40s without the infrastructure, too. And going to Tampa Bay, a lot of nice toys, a lot of nice weapons for him. But this is an unproven franchise. I know that there's Bruce Arians there, and I think the pull of that 
it definitely made headway. I think this move was fascinating, though, Ryan, because the real first domino was Tannehill to the Titans re-signing before Brady made up his mind. And you hear mm-hmm. some stuff about that. You hear the Chargers the day of were out. Was that because Brady made up his mind in Tampa Bay? Was that because they just didn't want to pay him that money as a veteran quarterback? San Francisco was San out, Francisco too. San Francisco was out. Now I'm wondering what the market actually was and if Brady not necessarily wanted to go to Tampa, but if he was just running out of options. Yeah, and I was wondering the same thing because we were literally on the same wavelength when the news broke that the 49ers were just interested in staying with Garoppolo and the same with Tennessee and Tannehill. I was like, well, it seems like Tom Brady's choice is going to be made for him uh, if he doesn't want to come back to New England. And there were only a few options, and the Buccaneers just really emerged as that dark horse and became hopefully or become hopefully a Cinderella. Yeah, and Arians, I think, is a pull because while this is an un, un, we're in uncharted territory with with Tom Brady, obviously being on a new team and in a new environment, everything's going to feel weird. That's not the Patriots, but we do know that mm-hmm. Arians works well with quarterbacks, especially veteran quarterbacks. He does. So the track record's there. We saw it with Carson Palmer, and he wants some consistency back there. He's you know no risk it, no biscuit is his motto. But Jameis, I think, was a little too uh, uneven for his liking as well. So. Ryan, I look at this this team, this division. I think you know they were eight and eight last year. I think eight and eight, seven and nine range the last mm-hmm. couple yeah, of they, years. They were um, looking at this team. They're in a division that is you know top heavy with the Saints, but definitely winnable. It's not like going to the AFC West like the Chargers would have presented. It's maybe not going to be the easiest, but there's going to be a real opportunity for this team to compete. And I think we'll see if a 43-year-old quarterback next year has stuff left in the tank. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I'm going to say this. Regardless of what you think of Tom Brady, there's going to be no excuses here. He's got a coach, to your point, that not only had Carson Palmer work with Peyton Manning, work with Big Ben Roethlisberger. Did he work for Did he work for Kurt Warner or no? I can't remember. Not with Warner. Um, not with Warner. That was that was Wizard Hunt. But so, Andrew Luck too. Yeah, and, yeah, and Andrew Luck. So he has experience working with quarterbacks. So he's got that sewed up. Um, and I don't know if you take the Peyton Manning approach and just say. You know, whatever you did with Josh McDaniels, we're going to do here. We're going to force the guys to adjust or we're going to let Arians have more of his imprint. I don't know what that's going to be like, but I'm sure we'll get that figured out. And then he can't complain about his weapons. He's got Godwin. He's got Evans. He's got uh, O.J. Howard uh, at the tight end position. They're kind of short on running back, but... They can make use of a quick passing game like New England did, and they have an offensive line, and they got a defense and a good defensive coach, so no excuses. It's hard to believe Tom Brady's on the Tampa Bay Bucks or, or about to be on the Bucks, but that's where it's going. Um, and yeah, I do like the uh, bringing it all full circle. Uh, I like the uh, the narrative out there that Jameis got his eye surgery so he could see Tom Brady take his job. That was a nice little twist on that. Uh, We'll get to Jameis and some of the other players that haven't signed uh, a little later in the show here on the Money Mitch Effect, but the quarterback position is the hot button because we just don't usually see this much movement in free agency at the QB1 position or not necessarily even QB1s, guys brought in to compete for jobs. Tannehill, we mentioned being the first domino, four years, $118 I actually thought, Ryan... You know whether or not they could have got Brady. That's the only the only thing to give you pause. But 
I think this is a fair deal. 118 million, 60 guaranteed, and the important thing is they can get out after two years. So I think this is a very reasonable deal for a guy that had a great year, great second half of the year last year, but still has some stuff to prove. The Titans obviously wanted to go young and relatively cheap as well. So I think this is a good fit and a good deal. I agree. And the fact that you said, you know, they can get out of this deal in the next two years. So for whatever reason, if the team doesn't perform and they may have to break it up or retool. It's not a horrible contract to get out from under. So I like that deal. And I think Ryan Tannehill has earned his money as well. He played really well last year and, um, he better be happy they kept Derrick Henry too, so they can give it another shot. Well, we'll get to, we will definitely get to Henry in a little bit, but yeah, it, that is that is a good thing. I like that the Titans didn't shell out for the veteran. They want to keep what they have, run it back, see what happens, and just also want to mention Mariota Ryan uh, going to the Raiders. That is exactly what Tannehill did last year, right? He didn't. He lost his mm-hmm. job. He was in a situation he didn't like. Picked out a spot where there might be a quarterback uh, competition that you could maybe win later down the road so he's using that game plan i like to see that as well yeah yeah that'll be interesting i don't i don't know how the Mariota versus car situation lines up i don't even know if gruden and mayock are gonna make it a competition if carl be out of there before the season even starts so that that is yet to be seen too yeah it's nice to at least have a good backup though that's that's another right. thing we've seen is have something there so if the starter gets hurt it's not a complete disaster uh, mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been, you know, it's crazy to think that this was kind of a flown under the radar move, but while everyone was freaking out about Tom Brady, the Panthers essentially moved on from Cam Newton. Uh, they did. They, they basically announced they're going to they're gonna let him explore his options, trade him, and then they signed Teddy Bridgewater to a nice three-year deal. Uh, the money on that one wasn't too crazy, but there's two sides of this coin. First of all, as we like to do, I like to give the positives here. Props to Teddy Bridgewater. He put his time in, he rehabbed, and now he gets the chance to lead a franchise. So props to him. But Cam Newton's tenure in Carolina coming to an abrupt end and an end that obviously, based on the comments he's made, he's not exactly thrilled about. Yeah, and it's definitely an abrupt ending, but it's an ending to me that didn't make sense considering you would have had Cam Newton on the cheap this year, right? Because he was going to have a $19 million deal. We see how it works with a new coach and see if if he can be your cheap bridge quarterback if that's what, that's all you think he is. You know how I feel about Teddy Bridgewater. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I'm glad he got his money. But I just thought this was this was strange how this was all done to me. Well, look, Ryan, we, when, when uh, Tepper, the owner, made those comments, I don't mm-hmm. think we hear comments, we, get, we hear questions all the time in the media that involve what's the health, what do you think about a player, what, you know, yada, yada, yada. And every time, whether they believe it or not, and, and a lot of times they're proven to be talking, you know, full lies, they say, oh, we love to have them, you know, we expect big things, blah, blah, blah. Tepper said about Cam Newton's health, uh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't exactly. <laughs> so what? Mm-hmm. What did that tell you? Uh, it told me everything. Is that they really were were ready to move on, and and, and unfortunately, the pessimist in me is thinking it's a health related thing because I do think Cam Newton at his age and if he is healthy could could beat out a lot of starters in this league, Ryan. But they mm-hmm. see him every day. They see what, what last year how he tried to play it was bad and, and never could get back on the field. And they got Bridgewater for three years, $60 million, which 
you know, isn't going to break their, isn't going to break the bank if the, if it doesn't work out. And maybe with Matt Rule, the college coach, and uh, who is it, Brady? They have the uh, LSU passing game. Oh, Joe Brady, who mm-hmm. worked with Burrow and did wonders. I mean, this is the best position Bridgewater can be, and 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 if it doesn't work out, you can start young again. So. I think this is a long-haul move and a move to basically overhaul the franchise that Cam Newton was such a big part of for the last decade. Yeah, and uh, that's going to be something to see the the Cam Newton era basically be no more going on with this season. And the fact that Matt Rule, the coach, right, getting a seven-year deal. Is that what he's seven years? I think so. So they're, they're trying to show that they have faith in him with the long-term sort of moves that they're not expecting something to happen overnight. So regardless, and I don't have anything against Tepper. It's obvious that he knows that this is a process. So we, we can't start to say they're doing anything incompetent right now. Now we'll get to some incompetence a little later. I do want to mention uh, with some other teams, uh, the other big deal that, again, because the Brady news just stole all the headlines and for obvious reasons, but Phil Rivers leaving the Chargers. I mean, that was the 4 draft class guy you mentioned. Spent his whole career with the Chargers, mostly in San Diego the last couple of years since they relocated to L.A. He moves on at 38 to the Indianapolis Colts on a one-year, $25 million deal. The money per year is a lot, but it's that year length. One year, give Rivers a chance to see if he has something left in the tank. Again, not unreasonable. Brissett, is that going to be a competition? Will he still be around? I'm not sure, but it's always good to have options at that quarterback position. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be a competition. Not when you give somebody $25 million for a year. I know that's not... At this point, that's middle of the road quarterback money, but I don't I don't think Phil Phil Rivers is signing that uh, without he'll welcome the chance to compete, but he's going to be the starter, I think. Now, you know how I felt about the San Diego Chargers and then the LA Chargers later on, where they always had talent, but you never know how uh, that talent was going to manifest itself throughout the season. With this Colts team, again, this team is loaded. They have a great offensive line. They have a good running game. They have studs for receivers. They have a solid front four or front seven on defense. So, again, like Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers' resume would lend you to say this is a no-excuses sort of season two. I would agree with that. I just... I also don't know if the Colts are, are quite there yet. We liked a lot of what they've done, how they mm-hmm. built their team, but you know, well, the Colts not there. It was just Brissett not there. Or what? I mean, yeah, he, he played poor yeah. down the stretch. He was also injured, I think, for a lot of that. But the defense kind of did go away as well. Uh, this is a winnable division. I mean, we saw the Titans make that run late. The Texans, uh, who we're about to discuss, but um, it's a winnable division. So maybe this is uh, what Rivers needs to do. But he threw a lot of picks last year, and it's been a trend downward the last couple of years. So uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, and the other QB news players staying with their teams: Ryan Breeze at forty-one signs would will probably be his last contract. Two years, fifty million with the Saints to kind of keep it going for another couple of years. And then the Cowboys franchise Dak, which will he report? Is this is this going to be a, a big negative for their contract negotiations? I don't know. But that was the one that I think needs to be analyzed a little more because franchising Dak, 
with a deal that's about $30 million and giving themselves those, ex- those exclusive rights, that's going to be a big bargaining chip. And I think we're, we're only getting started with that negotiation. Yeah, I think we're only getting started with this, too. The I just thought the DAC situation was all handled wrong to begin with. If if you're eventually going to offer him what was reported was around $33 million a year, why drag your feet this long and then uh, try to offer him a contract instead of getting this done? In the middle of the season, a year ago, right, right after this season was over, it just didn't make sense. And if I was DAC, Judging based on how the market works and how, you know, salaries at that position operate, I would 100% be offended in terms of reporting or not reporting. You know, I don't know how that works in terms of his leverage being under that tag if he chooses. Because I don't know if this is a Le'Veon Bell situation where he can just say, I'm not going to sign the franchise tag. And then two years from now, because, of course, the Cowboys will try to do this again next year, unlike Pittsburgh, I think, two years from now, he'll just be an unrestricted free agent and can go play elsewhere. But I think he's done in Dallas. There's just no indication that putting a franchise tag on a, on a, a high-profile quarterback ends well for the organization. It certainly doesn't appear to be that way. I think Cousins is the most recent example, and they played it out twice and then just you know watched and parted ways. Mm-hmm. We can debate for endless amount of hours whether we think or what we think Prescott's work worth is. It's almost be kind of run, a running gag week to week, but this is just Dallas, I think, more than anybody buying some time. Because I don't know if they know. I don't know if Jerry Jones is fully committed to give him the kind of money that Dak wants and, and might get somewhere else. So um, we'll just as the world turns, as they say here on the Money Mitch Effect with Ryan Souls. All right, if I had to ask you. Ryan, and I know the answer to this question, so I'm just going to tee it up for you. The worst trade that you saw in uh, in the last couple of years in free agency, what would that be? Oh, my God. What we just saw, was it yesterday or the day before? The DeAndre Hopkins deal. Two days ago, I'm sorry. It was two days yeah. ago. It was before all that craziness. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. And <laughs> just got to put this in, in perspective. The Cardinals... Got DeAndre Hopkins and picks for David Johnson. For David Johnson. Who's got, I think, a top three or four most expensive contract for a running back. Was hurt most of all of last year. Has a lot of injury problems. And the Texans traded away their wide receiver one uh, in exchange for him. So, Bill O'Brien, yeah. the GM, I got nothing. Especially, so, especially Ryan, after we saw what Diggs got. What, what, what the Diggs trade was worth. Is, I mean, not even that. Let's go back to a year ago. So you freak out and you give away more than you should for Laramie Tunsil, who performs okay, but for what you gave up, could have played a lot better. Wasn't Deshaun Watson in the last three years the most sacked quarterback behind Andrew Luck? Mm-hmm. So not only was your offensive line bad, you got rid of... Uh, top two, you know, him and Michael Thomas receiver in the league so he can at least have some quick outlets. Now you're going to rely on Will Fuller, who when he's on the field is a, a great number two, but one, he's not a lot on, he's not on the field a lot. And Kenny Stills, who is the number two at best. So how are you building around your franchise quarterback if 
I'm Deshaun Watson. I can't be mad at him for taking what might look like to be the Bradley Bill deal of the of the NFL. Uh, just get paid and just you know assign yourself to mediocrity to to poor performance for the the tenure of your contract. But I play this out and try to go somewhere else because I wouldn't want to be subjected to this. Right, and the difference in that comparison, the only difference is the Texans won the division last year. Exactly. So, I mean, and not even by default. It's they beat each other up. It was so weird. I'm just thinking. I'm trying to put this in the most logical way I can think of. Let's say that the relationship was completely over, dead. It wasn't going to work out. Hopkins wanted out and wasn't, you know, wasn't going to the media. But let's just assume that he wanted out. Okay, this is the best you could do. I mean, like honestly, this is the best. This is the best offer that was out there. David Johnson. I mean, and, and, and not, no disrespect to him, I think he could still play, but, you know, that contract, you send a fourth-round pick in addition, I just I don't I don't like it. I don't like it at all. You can probably get Johnson's production in a third- or fourth-round pick in the draft. I don't know, man. And, uh, you know, you look at the other side of it, Ryan, the Cardinals are building something nice. I mean, they had themselves. Arguably, we'll see how it all shakes out, but in terms of the amount of assets they got, as good as anyone. Because you oh. you transition tag Kenyon Drake so he stays. Larry Fitzgerald comes back. And they signed Kennard as well, along with Jordan Phillips, the D tackle. So, you know, they're building something. That offense with uh, Drake at the running back position, Chase Edmonds as a nice little backup. You got Fitz and Hopkins. Kirk had a good year. They've got some options there. Get they get a lineman in the top ten at that pick at eight. I think they could really build something and uh, you know, push that push that uh, envelope for maybe that seven seed race. I agree 100%. I think this is going to be a fun team to watch next year. And you know me, I'm always in, in favor of the big boys in the draft, so I think that's where the Cardinals need to go. But I know we were talking about this offline. It's got to be tempting to trade out of that uh, pick that they have to get more picks or see if they can get somebody like a C.D. Lamb or a Jerry Judy to add more weapons to that squad because I, I know you know Cliff Kingsbury yeah, but, thinking about it. You know, they got options. I, and even the kid Isabella, I know he's a local guy from Cleveland and I, you know, he, he, I think they've got options. So I don't mm-hmm. think they need to, they need to rush for skill guys. Protect the franchise. Protect I Tyler. Uh, and I mentioned the Diggs trade, Stephon Diggs traded from the Vikings to the Bills for a first round pick. So that, that, that's what he's, and, and again, this is a good receiver. I actually want to give the Vikings a lot of credit for, you know, massaging this relationship to the offseason. Remember, he basically didn't show up midway through last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, all right, let's get let's salvage this, let's get through the year, win a playoff game, and then they end up with the first-round pick. The Bills probably saw the writing on the wall that Brady's gone, division is finally winnable, so the Bills are, Bills are throwing their hat in the race. They brought in Josh Norman. We'll see what he has left. Vernon Butler, Quentin Jefferson, Quentin Spain. I mean, some big, some big signings for the Bills uh, and the trade for Diggs, obviously. I tell you this: both of us really like Sean McDermott and like the the ceiling that this maybe either a low ceiling or a high floor, however you want to put it, that this team has. But I'll say, you know, Stefan Diggs. I don't know if it went past Kirk Cousins or how much past Kirk Cousins with his disappointments. But listen. It, wait till he can't run under one of these floaters from Josh Allen, or he throws him something and gets him killed. He's gonna be looking at Josh Allen just like he was looking at Kirk Cousins. So, 
just be careful what you wish okay. for. Right. Because the, 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 the bills are good. I mean, the bills are good, and they have a great infrastructure. But I still don't believe in the quarterback. Okay. So I, uh, I, I'm just going to be interested to see how this works. I'm just saying, this division got really winnable all of a sudden. It did. <laughs> so, it 100% did. So a lot of people are looking at it that way. Uh, another trade, one of the first trades we saw in, uh, when the free agency opened up, was the Ravens got Calais Campbell, Ryan, for hardly anything at all. Uh, this was basically a fifth-round pick. Um, two years, $27 million in the contract, 20 mil guaranteed for, for Campbell, who is old but has played at a high level for a very long time. And another example of maybe the Jaguars trying to uh, sell off some of their valuable pieces and maybe bottom out. Yeah, don't never get me started on the Jaguars. It's not about trying to bottom out. They've been bottoming out with the one blip they had a couple years ago. We've now seen that that was the outlier as opposed to what we thought was going to be a possible trend. But going back to the Ravens, I love what they're doing here. They're just building on strength. You had Brockers, Campbell, and you franchise tag Matt Junon. That's just saying, listen, we're going to stop the run and we're going to try to go get your quarterback. And you know, you're still going to have to deal with Lamar, with Lamar Jackson. We're going to lean into what we do and what we're good at, and I love it. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a, uh, a reoccurring thing with Lamar Jackson going forward is, all right, we know you can shred the regular season, but how can we? How can you win a playoff game? How can the mm-hmm. Ravens build a playoff roster? This is a good step. Uh, I think Calais has some football left to play in him, and I think for the price, this is very fair. Uh, yeah, the Jaguars going with the Minshew route. And we saw that today, actually, with Foles, the other quarterback we didn't mention, uh, traded to the Bears. Foles brought in there to compete with uh, and probably take the job of Trubisky and the Bears in their offseason, Ryan. I mean, the names that they've signed. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Graham, you got Trevathan, Robert Quinn, um, 2013 free agent class. That's what I'm saying. They jumped in the time machine for this. This <laughs> I, I don't know what what is going on. They also here. have ten tight ends on the roster right now. They have ten tight ends. Fun fact, as of right now, so Jimmy Graham, you know, filling an obvious need. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So, man, I got nothing to say about that team. No, and it, I, I almost forgot to mention, too, the Texans, uh, they also, speaking of free agents of, like, 2013-14 realm, they signed Randall Cobb to uh, replace the Hopkins I just, Yeah, to, to replace DeAndre Hopkins. So, David Johnson and Randall Cobb. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're going backwards for a couple franchises. Let's talk about our squads really quickly here. Uh, gotta got to mention them as first. Uh, and I'll start with mine. Solid outing for the Browns. I mean, mm-hmm. Hooper... Like him, now they made him the highest paid tight end. It's a lot of money, but he balled out last year, for sure. Four years, $44 million, 23 guaranteed. And uh, just want to point out that Stefanski, the new Browns coach, played two tight end sets uh, in his offense in Minnesota more than that's anybody I, in the league last that's year. That's what I was going to ask you. Yep. So if Njoku stays healthy, this could be mm-hmm. a, a good thing. Good thing for blocking, good thing for Baker to have some more safety valves like that. Like Jake Conklin, the new O-lineman. The O-line was terrible last year. You heard me say it time and time again. So I do like mm-hmm. that deal. Three years for $42 million. Uh And yeah, I, I think um, you know Keenum as the backup to Baker is another just interesting one to have some stability back there. But, uh, yeah, and, and I and also want to point out, too, Ryan, a second-round tender on Kareem Hunt. So that's an interesting price tag on a guy like that. So that'll be a nice little compensatory pick 
if somebody, uh, and I think somebody will for a reasonable amount, make that signing. So, so far, a solid outing for the Brownies. Yeah, definitely a solid outing. I, I like what they're doing. And to your point with the two tight, two tight end sets, I definitely think they're going to try to slow the game down for Baker Mayfield uh, with the 22 personnel. And see, I was looking at maybe they're going to keep Kareem Hunt and look at more of a, a two backfield set with mm. Chubb and Hunt and get the two tight ends out there and see if you can play a little bit more bully ball with play action and make the reads easier for Baker. So it'll be interesting to see. I think they're doing it the right way, though. You know, when the dust settles uh, in a couple of days, that's when I think some of these running backs that are still out there will get looked at, and we'll see. I think they'd love to bring them back. I just don't know if they can afford it or if it's in their best interest to shell out the amount of cash that he might command. Uh, your Eagles, Ryan, you know, kind of quiet under the radar. Silent. 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 Now, that's not always a bad thing. You know, you no. don't want to be bidding crazy for players that are just going to be salary albatrosses there. Jordan Howard uh, signed by the Dolphins. You have, uh, you know, the, the news today that Malcolm Jenkins is uh, is not coming back. Looks like he's going to go back to the Saints, actually. So nothing so far. What are you looking at with this team? Anything that's kind of just catching your eye one way or the other? Before I get to that, let me be honest real quick, just from a fan perspective here. Tell me how this sounds. Because, you know, I try to be as objective and as non-biased as I can. But the thinking here tells me that we all, you know, we always talk about the young quarterback window, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And this tells me that the Eagles are content with what happened in the four-year window, even though Carson Wentz wasn't on the field when they won the Super Bowl. Within drafted within the time period of drafting him, the team did what it was supposed to do. Now they're offloading some of the older players, some of the players with a little bit more richer contracts, and they're content with kind of just being patient and seeing where this happens. I don't know if they're necessarily in a quote-unquote one-now mode. Now, how bad the division is, I think you're, you're always in that by default. But I don't know if... At least the the lack of aggression here signals to me that the team maybe understands that they did what they accomplished or they did what they well, set out to do within the four year window. I would say it, it it probably means that, but I think it also means that they realize they got to get younger too. So maybe their attention is towards the draft and towards right. getting that roster, you know, building that roster up in that way. You know, they look they were there last year. I mean, they made they made that run to get mm-hmm. you know. To, to get back to where they thought that they needed to be in the playoff picture, obviously with the division that was just terrible. But hey, man, you know we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I think this team going forward is going to be a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, and you want to just see if Wentz is healthy. I mean, that's what this is going to come down to. Would you throw some picks around for some of these uh, to try to get in the mix for some of these top receivers in this draft, or would you just wait to see who came to you? This receiving class is, by all accounts. Special. The deepest Special. one. I mean, we're not. I'm not going to say it's as top heavy because you know we don't know that yet. But yeah. in terms of depth, this is great. And for a team like the Eagles, just nail it. You know, <laughs> just don't pass on DK Metcalf. If you know what I'm saying, you know, nail it when you have the opportunity. I agree. Um, some other things. Talk. Speaking of receivers, man, what did you think about Amari Cooper's contract? Hundred mil. So I like it. I think he's one of the better route runners in the NFL. I think he's 
a great cushion for Dak Prescott, may really any quarterback, so long that he gets on the same page with Mike McCarthy and he stays locked in, which was, you know, you hear the rumors of that being the complaint in Oakland. I like the deal, though. I'm glad he got his money. Yeah, it's a lot to consider, although we saw Michael Thomas break that $100 million threshold. Cooper is uh, near that level. Uh, he's been consistent. He's a game changer, and he's somebody that Dak, quite frankly, needs. I don't have a problem with that one. It might be a slight overpayment, but you pay for talent in this league, and I think we saw that. Uh, a couple more things before we wrap uh, before we wrap this up here on the Money Mitch Effect with Ryan Souls talking NFL free agency. Uh, we uh, we did see another trade that kind of is uh, you know flying a little little below uh, below the radar, and that was uh, Buckner getting traded to the Colts for a first round pick. The Niners losing one of their interior you know stud D linemen, but I I think look I think part of this was the money side of it. The Niners are going to have to start paying all these guys. They got a first round pick. They have depth at that position, and uh, it gives them ammo now. You got two first round picks at a reasonably high, high range that you could trade back into the draft, get younger, find some pieces. It sucks to lose a guy like that. The Colts are going to get better as a result of having him, but it's a steep price. It honestly may have been, when we look back on it, a really smart move based on your point um, of him being a first-round pick. They had five first-round picks on that defensive line, so the money was going to come due for them probably in succession for all of them at, at some point. So shipping him off, reing up with another first-round pick, I think we're going to look back on that and say that was really smart a couple years from now. Get why the Colts need talent on that D-line because it got gashed at the end of the season, but that was the 13th overall pick. I mean, that is a premium to pay. That is uh, the Niners trying to retool, not you know, extend their window, you know, and do what they can. Resigning Armstead will help. You got to clear out money for Bosa Thomas if he's a piece down the road as well. Uh, had to laugh a little bit about the Raiders signing Jason Witten. That's always uh, <laughs> it's the best Monday Night Football booth uh, in the NFL now with Gruden and him. Yeah. So you know, you know, what Witten is a hundred percent. That's a Gruden grinder. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that, that, that. That's the only reason he's on the team is because he's a Gruden grinder. Literally, you know, and, and yeah, wow, it's uh, it's hard to believe. Uh, and I do like the uh, you know, and the tag I should mention before we before we get to the guys that are still out there. Derrick Henry was the biggest one. He got franchise tagged with with Dak. I think that was a bigger issue because I mean he wants that long term deal. Quarterback security is huge. I don't know that Henry looks at it in the complete negative of that. He's getting paid a lot of money next year and is fully in the Titans' plans. I think this was a, a reasonable move. I won't say the smartest move, but I'll say a reasonable move for both sides to kind of come to terms on this. And uh, I, I think he'll get his payday. He's proving it, you know, time and time again. Well, and see, and I think that, and I hope that, but you know, that's always my problem with the franchise tag, especially with this position, because let's say, and God forbid, and no one wants anyone to get hurt. But if he does get nicked or he doesn't have the best season at the Titans struggle next year because we see teams who have success have hangovers all the time, the potential next year, and then the team decides they don't want to pay him for whatever reason. You know, we, we've seen this story before. So I just don't like that, especially at that position and how grueling of a sport that we know this is. But, you know, the, the players agree to these things when they do 
CBAs and stuff, I just I just hate the manifestation of it, honestly. I do, but it's a smart business move. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the it deal. Is. And uh, I'll just push back on one thing. We we see this time and time again. We know what happens, but we haven't seen Derrick Henry time and time again. We have not. It's different. <laughs> that he dude's is. just different. He than is. He else. is different. He is. <laughs> so that's a, that's a massive man. So yeah, uh, and yeah, and the CBA. Just to kind of touch on that, the New Deal passed. Um, there is some discord. There is some disconnect. Discontent, I should say. But it's a vote. It's a democracy. The players voted. It passed. And they'll be, strin- they'll be less strict on certain things, not testing for marijuana, other things of that nature. They're going to give, you know, the game checks are going to, you know, be increased as well as the potential to add to the playoff picture, add to uh, the regular season with the 17th game, seven teams in the playoffs. And uh, Ryan also eliminate that transition tag starting in 2021, which will eliminate the things like we just talked about where less players that you can do that to. So with any negotiation, there's going to be ups, there's going to be down. I get why some veterans might not be a fan of it, but if you're a young player in the league, a league that the career span is an average of four years, I understand wanting to make more money. Like I, I totally get that. They don't have the luxury of knowing that they're going to be in the league more than four or five years. Well, you put the point so perfectly because – Besides the them being billionaires, the advantage that the owners are always going to have is they know that across the 1,600-plus players that are in the NFL, each of them in different stages of, of their career are going to respond differently to the CBA because of where they are financially, where they are career-wise. So there's always going to be um, lines of, of demarcation Um, because players have different interests. I think um, the biggest thing here, for me at least, is the 17th game. When when we talk about player safety, you know, we as fans want more football, but you'll never be able to convince me that it's not hypocritical that on one one side of our mouth we're talking about player safety. And on the other side, we have Thursday night football. We're going to add a 17th game. So that was my biggest thing. And then I think for a sport like this, especially for the owner should be able to come off one and a half percent and make this a 50-50 split. I see no reason why it shouldn't be. And that those are my two issues. Well, in regards to that second point, if, they're gonna, if it's going to pass, I mean, again, I hate to you know be a shrewd business guy over here, but players voted there was no need yeah. for them to come off that because they got them to agree yeah they, <laughs> they, got yeah, they got them to agree they did. Um, but you know having said that with the first part yeah player safety is an issue i would like to think that we can get to a point where we add that maybe that second bye week we extend the season in a perfect world we get to president's day and then a lot of people have monday off after the super bowl just throwing mm-hmm. that out there i think that'd be kind of nice uh, yeah, I think never thought about that. I, I like think, that. I think the added 17th game, if you can maybe add another bye week in there, structure it to where you're not coming off the short week, because I think that's more dangerous than the extra game. Obviously, preseason games weren't you know weren't making anybody, any of the owners or any of you know the city's m- money. It was just a mm-hmm. wasted game. You don't really necessarily need that uh, on the docket. So, you know, I, I think. Coming off the short week, do, we don't want to, you know, let alone 17 games, but I hate when we see players play games three days after they just played. That, that, that's yeah. worse than an extra game to me. No, and I, and I agree, and, and I think, you know, and this could be cynical, but with the extension of the season, 
they're taking away these preseason games, but a lot of teams, especially with the, the open um, opening spots, two more playoff spots, the teams have clinched early. You can see a lot less starters playing later down on the road, and you'll effectively get your two preseason games back anyway because that'll be what the quality of football is. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fascinating to find out. Uh, all right, last thing, Ryan Soul's money, Mitch Effect. You still have some free agents on the table. Jameis Winston's out there. Not sure what he's gonna do. Melvin Gordon doesn't have a deal. Jadavian Clowney. What are you looking at? Who are you? Uh, expecting to see go next what do you think about the dominoes falling so the big thing is is where's Jameis winston going to end up is he going to be the odd man out that's going to be interesting to see and then to me i think the biggest guy left on the board is clowny uh when he's his motor is on completely he has uh, an incredible ceiling but are you going to get that motor always on so those are the two guys like you said i'm looking at it's the low-hanging fruit but it makes the most sense um so it'll be interesting to see where both of those guys end up yeah Clowney in the numbers you got to fit those into account but he definitely is has played nicely down you know the stretch the last couple of years to rebuild mm-hmm. himself a lot of pressure with being the number one overall pick he's gotten healthy and played well uh, Gordon, just a quick note on him. Yeah, so I said, did Melvin Gordon sign? No, he, he didn't. And Eckler okay. got paid by the Chargers four he years, did. 24 mil. 25. So 25 mil. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know where the market is for a running back and if he's going to command that type of salary. I think he played his hand a little wrong last year in holding out. I, yeah. can, see a team, I can see a team like Seattle kicking the tires, maybe even the Colts, but it's going to be a little tougher sledding for him. Yeah, and I agree. I think sadly and you know they're already full of this position but san francisco really would have been the perfect location for him but you know there's too many cooks at the kitchen in that position now already i don't know where Jameis goes what the market is the chargers seem like they're going to go with tyrod taylor next year which may be them thinking about bottoming out i don't know what taylor has and what you know if they're going to add a veteran to the mix you know, the Patriots, if he goes there, what what they're going to do. I actually think the Patriots move might be to sign a guy like Andy Dalton, go Dalton and Stidham, and just see what you have. The other option for them would be, we mentioned him earlier, what if the Patriots decide to trade for Brissett and bring him back? Yeah, Brissett wouldn't be a bad idea at all. It's going to be interesting to see what the Patriots do a quarterback just because, you know, for 20 years we've had the stability. We've never seen this before. So, and to, you know, four years ago, we thought, and Bill Belichick thought too, that they had the contingency plan in place, and Robert Kraft blew that up. So, this is completely uncharted territory. Yeah, Jameis is fascinating, though. I don't know where he's going to end up. I think you can, you could salvage him. He did throw thirty touchdowns last year. I think people remember the other stat a little bit more. Yeah, I got to say this. You know, we we don't often take too kindly to Stephen A. Smith's football takes. But the fact he he did crack me up when he said James Winston should have won Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, funny. Yeah, you you could be Offensive Player and Defensive Player of the Year for the same for in the same season, being the same guy. Maybe he can stay in Florida. I don't know if the Jaguars or Dolphins are looking to you know kind of bolster some options. But um, the other sleeper that I heard. And we can end it on this because it'll make me sick if he goes there and does well and is the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I know that would make you sick. I mean, yeah. I actually think I'd be excited for it because I, I love the I love the interception potential in a place like Pittsburgh. A hundred percent. But if it goes well, I will definitely be sick. But no, uh, free agency has been fun. There's still a lot more to uh, there's still a lot more to see what happens and more dominoes to fall. So can't wait to see how it breaks down. And uh, yeah, it was good chatting football, of course. Man, you too. I appreciate you having me. Everybody, stay healthy. Stay healthy for sure. That was Ryan Souls on the Money Mitch Effect talking NFL free agency. Big thanks to him. Reminder, you can catch every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. We'll see when the next show is going to be. Might be next week, might not. We're going to kind of let the sports dominoes fall. Everybody stay safe, self-quarantine, self-isolation, and uh, we'll be back to normal in no time. We'll get through it. I'm Mitch Michaels for Ryan Souls. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.